Coming up on AEA Amplified, GoGo Business Aviation is on the countdown to launch for its 5G network. From the Aircraft Electronics Association, this is AEA Amplified, a podcast for aviation's technology experts, with your host, Jeff Hill. Hello and welcome to AEA Amplified, sponsored by Genesis Aerosystems, a Moog company and a leading provider of integrated avionics systems for military and civil operators around the world. From rugged integrated flight displays to digital flight control systems for rotor and fixed wing aircraft, Genesis has solutions to increase safety and decrease pilot workload. To learn more about how Genesis can help your customers, visit genesis-aerosystems.com. Hi, everybody. I'm your host, Jeff Hill, for this December 1st, 2021 edition of AEA Amplified. And our guest today is Sergio Aguirre, the president of GoGo Business Aviation and an AEA member company since 1992. He joined GoGo in 2007 and is an aviation industry veteran with more than 30 years of experience. Sergio, thank you so much for joining us today from your company's headquarters there in Broomfield, Colorado. How are you today? I'm doing quite well. Thank you very much, Jeff. It's a pleasure to be with you and always talking to the AA team. Well, Sergio, with the work of your company, it seems like the future of connectivity is already here. So I want to dive right into today's topic and, and learn a little bit more about in-flight connectivity and all the incredible technologies that make it possible. And, and let me start by asking you uh, about the, the GoGo Advanced Systems, which I believe reached a few milestones recently. Uh, there are now over 200 business aircraft flying with either the L5 or L3 systems installed, and that covers over 750,000 flights that have been flown with those systems on board. So congratulations are certainly in order to you and your team for those accomplishments. But tell us a little bit about Advanced L3 and L5 systems and more specifically about the platform. What is it and what does it do for business aviation? Absolutely. Yeah, well, Avance has, has been the fastest adopted product that GoGo's ever had. We now have, like you said, over 2,000 um, flying in, in, in operation. And so it's it's been a tremendously well accepted by the marketplace. But basically what it is, is it's a hardware and software platform that is unique in that when most of our uh, you know, the avionics companies or, or people design hardware and systems, they really think about it from the perspective of hardware and software on an airplane. And what, what makes Avance so unique is that it's actually designed with three pillars, not two. And the third pillar is that it was designed with the intent to leverage and use the cloud-based connectivity systems. Um, and so that is a crucial part of it. And, and it, and it really has many facets of, of, of benefits. Uh, I mean, for the, from the customer's perspective, the flight department's perspective, um, there's a lot of flexibility in there in terms of how much connectivity do you want? How do you want it set up? Um, how do you use it? And then the ability to grow and add additional features and functions without having to take the aircraft down for scheduled maintenance, um, certification cost, and so forth. So from that user perspective, it is tremendous from that regard. But, you know, right now in this COVID environment, one of the other tremendous benefits that we see from Advance is that because it is both a hardware and a software platform, that means that from a hardware and electronics component standpoint, we have commonality of parts like 
80 to 90 percent of commonality of parts between an AL3, an AL5, and an SES system, uh, which are all different uh, hardware form factors that that you want that you could you could install in your aircraft. And what that's allowed us to do, it's allowed us to really work with our supply chain and make sure that we don't run out of parts and can, can deliver parts as 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 need be. Uh, so from an efficiency manufacturing standpoint, from a supply chain standpoint, it's tremendous because it minimizes the amount of the individual part numbers we have, the different SKUs. It makes the assembly more repetitive, you know, to be able to repeat it uh, in, a, in a very systematic way. Uh, and then from the user and user perspective, or I should say from the flight department and maintenance support standpoint, it has tremendous benefits because the box, uh, the advanced system, is uh, constantly calls home telling us how it's doing and so we use artificial intelligence to take certain uh, malfunction codes that come off that give us an indication of areas that need to be improved on before the customer even experiences anything um, right now we're in the middle of a of a over-the-air software uh, um, delivery trial that we're doing with some of our customers we have about uh, five or six customers out there and we're delivering uh, LRU software over the air. Well, it's on the ground through a, a you know, it's it's over the air, but uh, um, um, not while it's flying. And that makes it so that fleet operators can keep their systems up to date without uh, very easy, without having to tear up floorboards to get access to the box and so forth. So there's a whole series of, of benefits. But the one thing that it does above all else, which I think helps us a tremendous amount, is that to a certain extent, to the extent that we can in this industry, it future-proofs us. And what do I mean by that? So um, the same, we, we, we build other features on Avance. For example, what we're gonna be talking about here in a little bit, I hope, is our 5G offering. So we're going to market uh, next year with a 5G system, and it's designed to leverage everything that an L5 customer already has in their aircraft. So there's no rip and replace element to it. It's uh, very easy to install because we're leveraging all of the wiring, the RF, the IO, um, the in-cabin Wi-Fi system, all of that is being leveraged. Um, and so it just has tremendous amount of, you know, operational efficiency, customer satisfaction, um, customer and technical support, and then that future proof so that someday, perhaps if we ever get into the global broadband business when Leos come about, that would also be a very simple upgrade to an advanced platform. So probably more than you wanted in that year. <laughs> no, that's great. And that's great information for the uh, repair stations out there, your de uh, your dealer networks, uh, the, to, to understand that. Uh, it sounds like it's a very fast and easy installation because it's it's designed to leverage advance. So uh, let's let's uh, let's do focus on our members and our dealers just a little bit. And all those professionals who attended the AEA conventions in in recent years are certainly well aware of the new 5G air to ground network that's getting ready to launch next year. Um, but we do probably have some listeners who just aren't as familiar with it. So I'd like to talk with you a little bit about 5G and get into a few more technical areas. Uh, first off, uh, I had heard some discussion recently about the, the GoGo multi-load balancer or the GMB. What is the GMB and what does it mean for GoGo 5G? Well, you know, that's what's so neat about when you when you when you really are trying to innovate and, and uh, push the envelope in terms of of uh, technology, you end up having to solve problems you didn't know existed when you started with. 
And GMB is is a is a, some technology that we've developed within GoGo um, that basically allows us to use um, either either uh, for example in the L5 uh, a simple way of that the L5 is, that, that provides currently our 4G system we have two air cards in there and so a the beginnings that where we started with this GMB originally what we started doing is using those two air cards to provide increased capacity and throughput for the current air-to-ground network, right? And so that's what kind of started us down this path and learning how to take two channels, aggregate them together, bond them together, depending on what, what your background is, for one user experience. Well, when we came to doing 5G, the 5G technology, the core technology is really built around the, 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 the infrastructure of it allows you to bring all these different types of frequencies together to provide a, a really good experience. And so what GMB does is it allows us to use GoGo's licensed frequencies and the unlicensed frequencies that we're going to be using, put them together for an enhanced uh, connectivity experience for a customer. So it's it's basically taking two pipes and making it one big pipe. But it, it's at, uh, I hate saying it that way because it sounds very easy. It uh, took the team a long time to really perfected. Yeah, and Sergio, during the, the new product introductions uh, at last year's AEA convention back in June uh, in Dallas, uh, and then again uh, at the NBAA convention uh, in Las Vegas, I, I saw the video of your team installing the first 5G antennas at a location in Nebraska and some flight testing that your, your team has, has been doing for both the ground antennas and the airborne antennas. But can you talk a little bit about the work your team has done to develop those antennas and explain why the ground-based antennas are so large relative to your existing ground antennas? Absolutely. Yeah, that was that was a <clears throat> once again after you've built so many networks you kind of learn <laughs> you, you you learn right and you know there's certain amount of physics that you just can't overcome and uh the the bigger the antenna um the 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 more gain the more throughput you get um but we realized that to really address the entire market across you know the business aviation market we needed to keep the aviation antenna as small as possible so one of the things that you can do when you have a vertically integrated product offering is you can make adjustments to one side or the other. And in this case, what we what we did is we kept the antenna on the aircraft side in a very similar shape and size as our current L5 to keep the upgrade very simple. And we made the ground-based antenna that goes on the tower much, much larger. If you saw the video, you saw it's, it's about, I think, five feet by five feet takes a crane, get it up. I mean, it's very, very large. And really, it's just a matter of making sure that that we have the maximum amount of throughput um, so that we can give the customers the best possible experience um, while keeping the aircraft antenna as small as possible for aerodynamic. You know, we don't really want to get into large aircraft antennas. You get into large aircraft, your certification cost goes up, your installation cost goes up. And, and, and then you have to relocate other antennas and it just it limits your addressable market. And we realize now that the size of the aircraft does not dictate whether you want connectivity or not. Everybody wants connectivity. So to the extent that we can keep the antenna smaller on the aircraft, we can uh, uh, accommodate more customers in smaller airframes. And no doubt about it. And, and I believe that the, the 5G air to ground network is actually 
the fourth air-to-ground network that GOGO has designed and built, if I'm not mistaken, and that's a certainly a testament to the expertise that your team has in building the air-to-ground networks on a nationwide scale. Um, can you can you share a little bit more insight uh, on the GOGO 5G in terms of you're on your countdown to launch and exactly what's coming to fruition leading up to your full network launch uh, next year in 2022? Yeah, absolutely. So the, the videos that you saw that you made reference to was when we installed our first uh, tower. <clears throat> in, we're, we're building out a, a seven-tower network test site in the, I would say, the, the uh, Nebraska Great Lakes area. And so right now what we're doing is we're actually building out that network, and that, that test network will, will be done by the end of this year. And we will use this network. The, the testing that you saw was really taking – taking a look at the RF, at the antenna patterns, the RF lobes and so forth. Uh, it, wasn't, um, it wasn't doing a complete end-to-end -end internet connectivity, but we will use this seven tower site to, to basically validate all of our, 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 our ground-based software, our hard-based software, the pointing, the accuracy of the antennas, the handoffs. And, and so we will start doing that this year. <clears throat> Once we've got that locked down and we're comfortable with it, then we will start deploying about 17 to 20 uh, sites across the United across the entire United States uh, to finish to fit to, to, so that we can have the network build out uh, with enough time to fly the nationwide network before we launch service. Um, when you deploy a, a network, one of the things that you have to do is that you have to make sure that all of the antennas both on the ground are pointing accurately that your software that's pointing your 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 antenna your your phased array antenna on the aircraft that it's pointing accuracy is correct and then you have to fly the pattern to make sure you don't have any 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 dead spots and adjust where need be <clears throat> so we will deploy this network uh throughout the you know through q1 q2 and q3 most of q3 will be around really test flying it fine-tuning it at that point, doing real 5G end-to-end -end, um, internet experiences, looking for dead spots, looking for rogue transmissions, and just making sure that when we put it on a customer's aircraft or one of our dealers puts it on a customer's aircraft, it works as advertised and we don't use them as guinea pigs. But that's on that side. What people don't see is everything going on internally at GoGo. So if you think about it, you know we're having to set up new test equipment, we're having to train our people, our dealers. So we have a, a training center downstairs dedicated to, to providing advanced troubleshooting and system and system uh, familiarity with all of our dealers so that before they get their system shipped, our dealers can send their, their avionics technicians, their engineers here, and with hands-on go through a, a, a theoretical and a practical so that, once again, they're not accusing the customer's aircraft as an experiment. So a tremendous amount of stuff going on uh, to get ready for our launch this year, next year. Yeah. And that's again, more great news for for your dealers, AAA members. And again, going back to the NBAA show uh, in Las Vegas a few weeks ago, um, I also had a chance to attend your media luncheon where your team presented some video and photos of your network and some of the extreme conditions and challenges that, uh, that they face and they have to work with to just keep it operational. I was fascinated to hear the stories about what it takes to build the 5G ground networks and maintain all the 5G antennas on hundreds of towers throughout the United States. Your team has to build and maintain these towers in the most remote locations imaginable. 
and they, you know, it was just interesting to see they come across rattlesnakes and they, they face other dangerous animals in the wild. They deal with all sorts of weather conditions, including snow and ice. Uh, they have to be trained to adapt in all those conditions. So I'm not sure that our listeners really have a full appreciation for the amount of dedication and the resources that it takes to put this ground infrastructure in place. Can you share exactly what it does take to make it all happen and keep your staff members safe at the same time? Oh, absolutely. Well, well, just to kind of uh, accent that point, our network operations team, the, guy, the, the, the men and women that go out and and build and maintain the towers, because this is not just during the building cycle, it's also during the maintaining cycle. They actually, they go through survival training like special forces. They go through winter survival, or desert survival, so that, you know, if somebody's caught up on a mountain and a blizzard hits, they have the, the skill set required to, to survive. Um, <clears throat> so we try to deploy our network on areas, our towers are typically on, on the highest mountain we can find. <laughs> and uh, so it, it, it's very difficult to get utilities there, all the equipment there. And so they're constantly confronted with challenges that, that uh, like you talked about, whether it's rattlesnakes or weather, but that's when they're building it or maintaining it. But what people don't realize is that <clears throat> when you see a, a snowstorm come in or a hurricane, we have a disaster team that goes and, and starts repositioning equipment. So we have these things called cows, cells on wheels, so that when you get a hurricane come in and blow over a bunch of towers, we literally, on it with an 18-wheeler, have uh, towers and ground-based equipment set up to go and deploy them in those areas. And they don't wait until the flooding's over, until, I mean, they... They're in there the next day after the hurricane, after the, the, the snowstorm or the ice storm, so that we can keep our you know network up 99.9% of the time. I forget what the actual number is, but it's it's in the it's in the 99 high 99s. <laughs> and and it takes a lot of people, um, a lot of effort to go to remote areas. And and you know, we we value the sanctity of life. And so we're not going to expose somebody to something where their life is in danger, but what they do is dangerous. And uh, we're very appreciative for how much they, you know, they, they're, they're, they're Johnny and Jane on the spot. Yeah, no, no doubt about it. And uh, also, I think it was in late October, uh, you announced that you expect GoGo 5G to deliver approximately 25 megabits per second on average, uh, with peak speeds in the range of 75 to 80 megabits per second. Um, I think that's fast, but put that into perspective for our audience, how fast is fast? <clears throat> well, let me explain how we came up with those numbers and, and, and why we did it the way we did it. You know, one of, the, one of the things that I think as an industry where we have done our customers a disservice, and what I mean by our customers, I'm talking about the, the dealer network that sells our systems and the flight departments who, who keep it operational for, for, for the users, is that in our industry, we tend to talk about theoretical maxes. And, um, and people talk about these theoretical maxes and they say, you know, this, my theoretical max is, you know, 100 megabits or this. And, <clears throat> you know, we've grown cynical enough in our industry that we know that, okay, well, that's not what I'm going to see. <laughs> so, so what we've attempted to do it, with this 25, um, uh, uh, 25 megabit number what we did is we basically had our network engineers, our RF engineers, um, 
take a look at all the noise floor level, all the, the, the situation, take a look at the RF patterns that we have from our antennas, the throughput, the gain. And we gave them city pairs. We gave them, we said, okay, on a typical flight from New York to Miami, what are you gonna see? And they literally laid it out from an RF standpoint. Um, and you know, where are, the where are the networks? Where are the towers? Uh, how much ground noise is there? And we did that across multiple of sites. And so we tried, we came up with this number based, it's an average of what we saw that it's what you'll see to the aircraft. And so we didn't, we didn't really want to focus in on the theoretical max. We wanted to focus in on what are you going to see? What are you going to experience? So that when our dealers communicate with somebody, they don't get, you know, a flight department. Everybody understands that, yes, it could do a lot more on a, on a normal day when you're flying over Nebraska. But typically, if you're on a flight, you're going to see about 25 megabits. So that's what we did. And that's how we did it. We, we looked at typical, very popular business aviation city pairs and did an analysis there. Now, as we fly the network more, we'll, you know, we'll improve our accuracy and, 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 and update those numbers. But it was an attempt to try to correct something that I feel has been done our customers a disservice as an industry. And I'm not saying just go, go. I mean, as a, you know, whether it's Viasat or Inmarsat or, or whoever the network provider is, I, I think that we need to do a better job of communicating the experience to our customers. And that was an attempt of doing so. And once again, we are visiting with GoGo Business Aviation President Sergio Aguirre here on AEA Amplified, sponsored by Genesis Aerosystems, a Moog company. And Sergio, Duncan Aviation is another longtime AEA member company and has multiple locations throughout the United States. Uh, you recently announced a partnership with Duncan Aviation on a 5G STC portfolio. So what can you tell us about this partnership with Duncan and what it means for GoGo 5G? Well, where it really started was, um, you know, when when we started working on our our, our certification plan for um, the five G system, GoGo will always go out and get the first STC so that we can maintain the PMA and and um, and and basically be able to revise the STC as need be um, through different software and, and obsolescence issues. So it's it's our standard that we get our own STC all the time. Um, but we're not really certification experts. And so what we did is we ended up partnering um, with Duncan and um, asked them if they would be interested in developing the 5G STC and, um, and for GoGo. So GoGo will own the STC, but they're, they're doing it for us. <clears throat> and uh, so once we, we started working so closely with them, um, they basically said, you know, we have this portfolio of L5 STCs that we would like to upgrade them all. We'd like to do a minor amendment to all of them to include 5G. Is that something GoGo would be willing to help us with? And we absolutely, you know, it's like we it's it, we 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 have a great relationship not just with Duncan but with our other dealers, um, and we do everything we can to help stimulate uh, and support so that flight departments, regardless of what type of aircraft you fly. Um, uh, you know, there, there's an STC path available to you uh, to get installed. So Duncan has a very comprehensive of L5 STCs that they are going to be upgrading to 5G. Uh, but likewise, we will continue to do the same with all of our other dealers as well in terms of supporting them when they have an airframe that they would like to get an STC on. We'll work with them as well. But the beauty behind this is that is that we have this portfolio of, of L5 STCs from Duncan. So when we go to market, 
the ramp up and the wait time for customers is going to be a lot less, you know. Um, so it, it's a really benefit to the customer in, in the channel as well. Yeah, we love to see those partnerships develop uh, between those AA member member companies and working together. So I want to take a moment to to address a topic that's that's got gotten a little bit of publicity, um, and that is uh, let's let's talk about 5G and be clear on one important item. And let me set the stage for you for just a second here. Back on November second the FAA issued a special airworthiness information bulletin to equipment and aircraft manufacturers, uh, operators, and pilots. And that came about from an ongoing effort to address the overlap between the modern 5G rollout and established aviation frequency use. And in part, uh, the SAIB, SAIB states, and let me quote it here for just a second, the special airworthiness information bulletin informs aircraft manufacturers radio altimeter manufacturers, operators, and pilots of the planned deployment of wireless broadband networks in 3700 to 3980 megahertz bands, which was scheduled to begin December the 5th in the 3700 to 3800 megahertz bands. And the SAIB recommends that radio altimeter manufacturers, aircraft manufacturers, and the operators voluntarily provide to federal authorities specific information related to altimeter design and functionality, the specifics on deployment and the usage of radio altimeters in aircraft, and that they test and assess their equipment in conjunction with federal authorities, end quote. So Sergio, as you know, the AEA has also been participating in an industry coalition to evaluate the safety concerns and find a reasonable solution. Uh, this coalition has requested a group be formed with the involvement of the FCC, the FAA, 5G interests, and the aviation industry to address those concerns. In fact, on November the 5th, the industry sent a letter to the National Economic Council calling for a delay to the deployment of 5G technologies to the C-band until the safety and efficiency of the national aeros airspace system is ensured. But what I want to be clear here and give you a chance to be clear is that GOGO has never used the frequencies under discussion between the FAA, the FCC, and industry. So if I'm correct, GOGO 5G is not the subject of those discussions regarding 5G interference. Is that correct? And can you elaborate a little bit more on that topic? That is absolutely correct. And I just want to I just want to thank the AEA, Gamma, and MBAA. The effort that 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 um, these industry organizations have have done and have been doing for safety and communicating with clarity around this is is very very much appreciated by gogo because there has been a lot of confusion people think it's a 5g problem it's not a 5g problem it's a it's a specific frequency issue that is being uh considered with with some of the ground-based terrestrial systems gogo does not has no plans <laughs> we we've actually participated in in joining um all the all our our different aviation associations AA and others in signing these letters you know ensuring that we maintain aviation uh safe and that we don't introduce frequencies that are going to interfere with altimeters or, or 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 other other essential systems on board the aircraft but so you're absolutely correct just to be very clear and gogo did issue a press release we do have statements. We've sent out a white paper on it that explains it. I think our the AA members would really like to see the white paper. It's a it's a very technical. It shows the history of it. It shows the frequency bands, how they're very different from what our 5G is. But just to be very clear, GoGo 5G does not 
and will not use the frequencies in question that um, that AEA and other aviation industries uh, associations are objecting to because of the concern of safety interference with altimeter. We are not. Oh, very good, and thanks so much for, for clearing that up for our members. I One other topic that you alluded to a little bit, I, I think, uh, earlier on, and that is uh, nearly every industry on the planet's been impacted by supply chain issues uh, in the past year as we come out of a pandemic, and certainly aviation is no exception. Um, what are your observations on the supply chain crisis as it relates to both your company and aviation in general? You know, it's um, it's something that has that continues to evolve. We we have different variances of the problem. <laughs> you know, originally we all started off with the uh, um, we started off with you know the the, the avi avionics companies, the OEMs, uh, the the electronics manufacturers. Because of the slowdown, because of COVID, everybody started off with very low inventory levels. So when the the increase in demand started, the flying started, we were all in a very poor position to address that demand. So that was the first phase of it. Then we had the 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 ongoing issue of uh, you know the 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 electronics components having a shortage, not just in aviation but worldwide. Um, then we had situations where we had this the 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 extreme weather in Dallas that shut down many, many electronics factories for a long time. We had the situation with the Suez Canal that blocked that. We had different outbreaks in, in COVID. We now find ourselves um, where, where we now see it's, it's rippled all the way through and now we have a, a tremendous backlog and shortage of, of truck drivers and dock workers to get the equipment out of the, out of the ports onto the, onto the onto the uh, the the 18 wheelers and distributed so it's much more it, it, it's evolved now we have a, a logistics issue in addition we see the cost of freight going up we see people trying to use air freight so it, it's impacted us tremendously i am very very happy to say that from a, from a gogo supply chain standpoint our team has done a phenomenal job we already have placed orders just think about this for a second we've already placed orders through Q2 of 2023 into our supply chain. Into, so that takes a tremendous amount of working capital that we have to allocate to, to those purchase orders instead of, instead of you know, running the, of the business. But we, are, we literally now have, you know, with 52 week lead times, with the logistics issues, even when our suppliers build something on time and are ready to ship it, we sometimes can't get it shipped. We have to air freight it. We're air freighting things from from the UK, and, but luckily it's not crippled us yet because we've had very long-term planning through this whole program, because we are building it on the advanced platform and we have very good visibility into how many SKUs, how many individual part numbers, and we've given that demand and we've placed those orders and we've placed deposits. We, we, we have enough componentry and people to continue to increase. We had originally our forecast this year to build just under 600 units. We're gonna end the year building close to 900 units. Next year, we're, 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 we're projecting that we're gonna build somewhere between 1,100 and 1,300 units is, is what, we're, what we're supplying for. And, and so, you know, our team has been able to stay ahead of the curve so that we can get parts to our dealers, but 
our dealers have been phenomenal working with us in terms of making sure that they give us the real drop dead date so we get the parts to who needs them so we don't miss aircraft but it's it's a it's been a tremendous effort uh but so far we still have the the the, the trains on the track still <laughs> very good well well sergio Thanks again for taking the time to visit with us here on AA Amplified. We appreciate your time. And is there anything we missed that you'd like to cover for our podcast listeners? You know, something with this particular audience, I mean, I'm not a, a, as technical as most of your listeners here, so I do I do it a disservice. But, you know, I, I love to read your magazine and and I love the level of, uh, of how technical you get. And there is one component of 5G that I think your listeners would be very interested in. Our 5G antenna. We refer to it as MB13, and the reason we refer to it as MB13 is because it's actually three different antennas in one housing. So from an engineering standpoint, from a packaging standpoint, and from an installation standpoint, it's something that our teams have done that I I think, and I don't think the end customers are going to appreciate it. They're they're not going to see it, but our dealers, I think, are going to love it, the design installations, because what we've done is we have elements uh, for the 2.4 frequency, we have elements for the 850 frequencies in there, and we also have a terrestrial modem element in there, so that when the aircraft's on the ground, it uh, it provides the terrestrial modem coverage. So it makes the 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 cabin installation a lot easier. You don't have to run antennas in the cabin. So I just thought that would be a little. Most people are never going to hear about that. Most people are going to see that, but when you see that antenna, it's the exact same size, just about. As the L as the L5 antenna, but it has actually three antenna elements built into it. So it's just a tremendous effort that the uh, GoGo engineering team and our 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 vendor uh, that uh, is just an expert RF guy. It's just great, great, great uh, packaging thing that's going to help in the certification a whole bunch. That's just a little tidbit. Absolutely, and that's we've covered a lot of ground today. A, a lot of content. I know the AEA members uh, and other. Listeners will appreciate all the information that you've shared today. Thank you so much again for taking uh, some time out of your day to spend with us. And again, that is GoGo Business Aviation President Sergio Aguirre here on AA Amplified. To learn more about GoGo Business Aviation, you can visit them online at business.gogoair.com. That's business.gogoair.com. And before we go, let me also remind our listeners of a few important items. Uh, First of all, the AEA Educational Foundation is once again going to award more than 20 scholarships for the 22-23 school year, and they will be awarded to students pursuing a career in avionics or aircraft maintenance, as well as students from AEA member companies. So the deadline to submit a scholarship application for that is April the 1st of 22, and those applications are available online at aea.net slash scholarship. I also want to encourage those of you planning to attend the AEA International Convention and Trade Show next spring in New Orleans to save the dates and book your hotel rooms now. The show does take place March the 28th through the 31st at the Ernest Memorial Convention Center, but please keep in mind that the NCAA Men's Basketball Final Four takes place in New Orleans immediately following the conclusion of the AEA convention. So secure your hotel rooms now before it's too late, and you can find a hotel reservations link for the AEA room block at the Hilton New Orleans Riverside at aea.net slash convention. Early bird registration also is now open through December 31st. Register to attend and save $180 per person with the early bird rate that's available through the end of the year. A link to register for the show is at aea.net slash convention. 
And finally, remember if your company is hiring, don't forget to post your career opportunities on the AEA jobs board at aea.net slash jobs. Free resume posting is available for all of you job seekers. So check it out at aea.net slash jobs. And that's going to wrap it up for today. We hope you can join us again soon for another episode of AEA Amplified, sponsored by Genesis Aerosystems, a mode company. To learn more about Genesis and its full range of products, visit genesis-aerosystems.com. Thanks again to Sergio Aguirre for joining us today. And until next time here on AA Amplified, this is your host, Jeff Hill, wishing you a safe and happy holiday season and blue skies ahead. So long, everybody. <laughs>